0: Welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library.
1: Hello, and welcome to another chapter of Turn the Page, the official podcast of Syosset Public Library. I'm Jen, your co-host for today, and I'm here with the writer of a really fantastic, absolutely lovely new book. May I ask you to introduce yourself and your book, please?
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Anthony Mara, and my new novel is Mercury Pictures Presents, which is a uh, historical novel set in um, 1930s and 40s Los Angeles and Italy.
1: Mm. So- I would love to talk about this book, but before we get there, I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about your career as a writer, um, what else you've written and how it sort of led you to this project.
0: Yeah, I began with uh, my, my, my first book was called a constellation of vital phenomena. And it uh, is set in um, during the, the Russian Chechen conflict of the nineties and early two thousands. Um, I, I, I gra- gravitated to um, Eastern Europe as a, a young person and as a young writer, and so my first two, two books, both Constellation and the follow-up, The Tsar of Love and Techno, are set within the world of the former Soviet Union. And while um, while Hollywood may seem like a uh, rather large um, geopolitical jump from uh, from the world of uh, the former USSR i I find that, as a writer i'm I'm drawn to places where kind of anything can happen. I think that, um, as a reader, I love that sense of of experiencing a world where um where sort of the the impossible occurs on a regular basis. Mm. And after uh, doing after writing two books set in in the ussr and and the the post-soviet world, I was about ready to come in from the cold, and um, and I began thinking about about Los Angeles and Hollywood specifically um, during the 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 golden age, um, in part because I used to live in LA. My my um, my wife is is from there, um, but in part because it's also this um, this this place where sort of the fantastic um, and reality converges on a regular basis. And it felt like a a world in which I could actually um, continue down some of the um, sort of thematic paths that I had um, pursued in my first two Soviet set uh, books.
1: Hmm. That is so interesting, you know, and I think that um, you're absolutely correct about LA and, you know, it's, it was an interesting uh, period in time for the film industry, this moment of transition sort of like because talkies were still fairly new. Uh, the production code was sort of ramping up and becoming like a real thing that movie makers had to deal with. Um, but it's also a really fascinating moment in Italian history with the rise of fascism and American history with immigration and like the approach of World War II and, you know there, there's just so much rich historical detail there. And that's has also been a, a recurring theme in your work. And I'm wondering what your research process looks like. Like what kind of materials do you look at? Like how do you bring a past era to life so vividly?
0: Yeah, it uh it honestly begins um in the library. I am I am I'm not just saying that because I'm on your <laughs> on your podcast. Um yeah so I I love the um I love the fact that history is a far more inventive uh, creator than I am, and one of the the pleasures of of writing sort of historical fiction is that you get to raid the cupboards of the past for um, interesting anecdotes and and stories. Um, so, uh, so, so this book is is set largely um within the world of this b movie studio called mercury pictures um and this this is is a period in which um Tens of thousands of emigres and exiles fleeing war in Europe arrive in, in Los Angeles, and many of them ended up finding employment in, in the margins of Hollywood in some of these B-movie um, studios. Frank Lloyd Wright once said that if you tip the world on its side, all of the loose pieces will land in LA. And uh, this this book is, is largely concerned with those loose pieces, and I wanted to... Um, I wanted to sort of uh, take a look at this at this milieu through the perspective of a character named Maria Lagana, who is um, this uh, tough, ambitious, irreverent striver. I sort of imagined her as Rosalind Russell's character in His Girl Friday, only a bit more salty and a lot more Italian. Um, And when we uh, first meet her, she um, sort of nothing in her life is going right. Her um, boss is under investigation by isolationists in the Senate and his toupee is shrinking and her family (laughs) life is um, has sort of gone to hell. Um, And like many characters in this book, she she finds her way to Mercury well. Outrunning her past, she um, grew up in fascist Italy and left for Los Angeles with her mother after a childhood transgression resulted in her father's uh, arrest and imprisonment. So she has reinvented herself as this unflappable producer, um, even as she's been haunted by the uh, role she played in her father's fate. All of which is is to say that uh, that there's there was kind of a lot of <laughs> different moving parts in terms of. Of how I approached um, research—that um, um, it's not only it wasn't only the world of Hollywood, but also the world of Italy and 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 of Europe. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I, I sort of um, always kept in mind as I as I researched was um, thinking of how the process of of research, um, how that sort of process of discovery was less about finding. Colorful details to lend an air of accuracy, and more about figuring out the structure of the book itself. Mm-hmm. I think um, many writers talk about research um, using the language of archaeology. They're unearthing this or they're discovering that. Um, I, I I I always imagined it more as the process of uh, of making a map, mm. um, where where you're, you know, you're trying to figure out, you know, physically the dimensions of the world of the book. Um, and every interesting factoid, every anecdote, everything that um, that that I felt like brought that era to life became a little um, a little pin that I was putting on my map. And so the process of writing the book became trying to figure out how I was gonna move from, you know, coordinate to coordinate, from interesting node of research to interesting node of research. Um, and that ended up sort of building out the spine of of the book itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of like what those those little moments that 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 spoke to me as a writer that I, I realized I had to figure out how to um how to fit them in the novel. Um, it was most often those moments of of the incredible and the um and the seemingly um impossible. Um, so one example would would be, um, I came upon this, uh, this brief history of, um, the aviation industry during world war II in, in Los Angeles. And one, uh, sort of fascinating aspect of it was that, um, Lockheed Martin and Douglas aircraft, these big, um, uh, aviation plants hired Hollywood set designers to build um, false suburbs on the roofs of their aviation facilities in order to um, fool any potential uh, enemy bombers um, from targeting the uh, these big aviation plants. And so you had, um, you know, these, these these fake neighborhoods um, that had been constructed on on the roofs of of these uh airplane hangars. Um, and it's little moments like that where, where um the the fantastical sort of asserts itself in um in the realm of history that um, I tried to really uh look for and um, exploit.
1: Mm, I love that. And I think it's you know it's really interesting to me how sometimes history comes most alive when it like bucks your expectations <laughs> or resists reality rather than conforms to it because like that little detail is something that like when i encountered that i was like i've never heard this before it's so interesting and it just felt it felt so real even though it was it's like slightly you know just surreal you know like it's and it's yeah. really interesting the way that like oftentimes life itself and history feel most real when they are slightly dreamlike or surreal you know that's a very interesting that's
0: that's so beautifully put and and, and i couldn't i couldn't agree more and it's interesting like my um my my sort of philosophy as as a writer is, in terms of of writing about the past is that um those those moments of of the surreal and the fantastical, those have to be based in reality. And it's the more everyday, ordinary moments where I feel um, the license to, to invent. Um, but, but yeah, like all of the big sort of surreal um, moments in the book are all rooted in, um, in fact.
1: Mm. And, you know, I think it speaks to, like we often talk about world building when we're talking about like science fiction or fantasy, but historical fiction takes, just as much world building, you know, cause you are bringing a world that doesn't really exist to life. Um, yeah. doesn't really exist anymore rather. Um, and that it resembles ours, but it's still very different and, and would feel foreign to us were we to, you know, be placed there. And so I'm wondering, like, how do you sort of walk this line between, um, you know, portraying the very grounded and the real and the historical, and then also working in these more um, these elements that might challenge your sense of reality, you know?
0: yeah, yeah, it's 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 really interesting, you know i I, I find that I do tend to learn a lot um from other I mean, I I, I I find that the, you know, sort of classifications of different genres are somewhat arbitrary and often um feel a bit silly to me. I, I feel like a good, you know, a good, a good book, a good story is a good, good story. Um but uh but I do um I do find that I I learn so much from um from reading outside of my wheelhouse. And I I think that that science fiction and fantasy um does do such an incredible job of um of world building and of thinking through sort of all of the ramifications within you know a particular um a particular novel of of certain um certain uh you know geographical or or social or um historical um uh, trends or 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 features and and i think that you're absolutely right that that when thinking about um when thinking about historical fiction, you are sort of building a, a world that in some ways is as unreachable as you know Narnia. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's um it's vanished, it's gone, um, and all we have are uh the memories of those who, who are um who still uh you know uh who, who, who live through it and 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 the books and and histories and memoirs. Um so I, I think that in terms of of balancing of, of walking that line, I, I think it, it's important to consider like what the ultimate aim of historical fiction is. Um, I think that um, that for me, his, a historical historical fiction describes the period in which it's written more than the period in which it's set. Mm-hmm. Um, that if it, it's never really made sense to me why we would look at uh, a book written today if we want to understand um, the way that the world was 80 years ago, you know, you can just pick up a book that was written 80 years ago, and that'll give you a much better sense. I think we pick up um, historical fiction today because it, it creates a space where we can look at different themes, different ideas that we're struggling with different conflicts today um, and see them in, in a different context um, can see how, you know, certain, you um, certain divisions or pathologies play themselves out across the, um, you know, the, the, the arc of, um, of human affairs and an American history. Um, so, you know, many of the, of the things that these characters, many of the conflicts these characters are facing in this novel are in one way or another conflicts that we are, um, you know, we're facing today, whether it's the rise of misinformation and propaganda, the, um, the specter of um you know these images of um europeans fleeing war on the continent the um rise of um of banning and censorship of, of books and um you know and, and other art forms um the you know the um demonization of of immigrants and, and refugees um these like very stark partisan divides, all of these things that 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 these characters are dealing with in the early um, 1940s are are things that in one way or another we're dealing with today. And um, I think that like one of the, the real powers um, and the real um, importance of historical fiction is that it gives us the opportunity to see how people um, have experienced and how they manage these conflicts in the past and to see how, um, how we, might, um, how we might do better.
1: Mm. Yeah, that is so interesting. And it did occur to me as I was, you know, coming to work this morning um, that for listeners at home, we were meant to do this interview last week and it got pushed back a week. And it occurred to me this morning that it's even more relevant this week than it would have been last week with, you know, Italy just electing its first fascist since Mussolini. <laughs> and, you know, like we're, we're in this very... Odd historical moment where um, a work of historical fiction like this can speak very urgently to the present in ways that were perhaps not even like quite foreseeable when it was being written or when it was being prepped for publishing. And have you found yourself being surprised at all by its reception or by its resonances with the current day?
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's never good when a novel set in the 1940s feels uh, topical, is it? I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah no i i it, it it's certainly um certainly dispiriting um you know when uh when a book set in so so my my first uh you know my, my my first novel is um about uh the russian invasion of of chechnya and 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 obviously that um has has felt tragically um timely over the the last um the last year as well Um, I think that, um, that if you, if you kind of wait long enough, any work of historical fiction becomes newsworthy again, that, um, you know, that, that sadly, I think, um, uh, we, we tend to, to return to the same, um, uh, the, you know, history moves in, in perhaps circles rather than straight lines. And, um, uh, unfortunately, yeah, I, I mean, the. The election of um, of Maloney in in Italy, I think, is um, absolutely. Um, it, it it doesn't bode well to have <laughs> to have an an actual <laughs> um, you know pseudo uh, pseudo fascist um, in government there once again. You know one of the um, one of the the sort of interesting things about um, about Italian politics is is how often it's been sort of the. Um, Almost like the laboratory um, from which ideas escape into the wider, um, the wider, uh, you know, global um, political sphere. Well, whether it was Mussolini, um, you know, in the twenties, and and uh, you know, obviously um, a decade uh, later. Um, you had Hitler and and Franco and um, and all that, or you know Berlusconi in in the nineties, um, sort of who in many ways like really prefigured Trump. Um, I, I think it's anytime things go um, go south in Italy. I, you know, you look a couple uh, a couple years down the line, um, and it, it doesn't bode well for the for the rest of us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My gosh, that's such a, a good and disturbing point. <laughs> Um, I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about um Artie and Maria because mm-hmm. they're both fantastic characters and they have a great relationship. They have a really great like lived in uh sort of familiarity. Um, and I'm so glad that you brought up His Girl Friday before because I saw so much of that kind of like um snappy, witty repartee like in their scenes together. Um and I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about you know why you think they um fit so well together why they work so well together and what their commonalities and maybe their their differences are because like their relationship really is in a lot of ways like um well there's a lot of relationships at the heart of this book but it's one of like the the anchor relationships you know that's sort of like um could you talk a little bit about them
0: yeah absolutely um so Artie is is maria's boss and um he is this um this kind of uh, uh, wonderfully um, ebullient uh, 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 showman. Um, he he started uh, Mercury Pictures with his uh, with his brother, whom he's been feuding with, um, sort of ever since uh, they were born. And um, and he is, um, you know, he 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 is heavily toupee paid and um sort of wears you know uh very bold um shirts and um and ties and is is kind of this um essentially this uh this this street fighter in uh in a um you know in in a c-suite of a, a movie studio and um I kind of loved the just as you said that the back and forth that he and, and maria develop over the course of the book um, um i've always been drawn to screwball comedies and, and just sort of the rat-a-tat um dialogue and um you know this was was sort of the first book that i've worked on where um the uh the the, the setting um encouraged that kind of um uh, attempt to really lean into one of my, um, you know, personal favorite genres. Um, and I felt that, um, you know, in, in, you know, in, in, His Girl Friday, in, in a lot of those, uh, those movies, um, they're one of the few, um, spaces in, in sort of like golden age cinema where, um, where women, um, are presented as, um, as, as very strong and, 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 you know, um, uh, very, uh, you know, highly, um, witty and, um, and, and can really go toe to toe with, um, with, uh, with the male, um, characters in, in those scenes. And, and I felt that, that, that just like was a, um, was a a genre and a setup that really, um, spoke to Maria as a character who is this, um, this kind of wonderfully, um, uh, just, uh, she, she's just like a striver, a, a go getter. Um and um she and Artie um have this sort of um very close um sort of working uh friendship. And um Artie is is kind of the um the only person in at this studio that really um encourages and and, and recognizes um how um how talented and and how um uh how how good a uh you know potential movie producer Maria is. And in turn Maria sort of recognizes that beneath all of Artie's bluster, um he is um actually this this very um you know decent uh person within the you know um the limitations of his <laughs> uh of of his um w- within his his sort of uh rather severe moral limitations let's say um <laughs> And yeah, and, and so so the book is, is sort of based around their um their working uh relationship and um and how they you know they're both these outsiders. And um I kind of just love the way that um that they're able to recognize each other's outsider ness and um sort of form this kind of like makeshift um this makeshift work family.
1: Mm. Yeah, and it you know it occurred to me while I was reading that um you know, obviously it's so much fun to read like snappy screwball comedy dialogue. It's like a great entertainment choice and a great storytelling choice. But it's also a very um, interesting character choice too because, you know, I was wondering as I was reading is that I wonder if something that perhaps they see in each other is that like, you know, the we all have that like witty, funny friend who like presents a very carefree, very confident, very strong front. But oftentimes that that is like a, a, uh, a defense mechanism or some sort of like performance in order to cover like a real vulnerability or a real sort of uncertainty. And I kind of wondered if that was something too, that they, they saw in each other.
0: Yeah, that that's, that's so well, um, well put. Yeah. I I absolutely think that they, they both, um, you know, they both have these rather traumatic pasts, um, and, and are, are sort of have come to, um, to los angeles and to to this studio to um in some ways try to to reinvent themselves and to create a a kind of life um that is um you know more more stable and and more um uh more prosperous and and more secure than um what they had had known previously and um, I think you're absolutely right that that humor becomes for, for them and, and for many characters in in the novel becomes mm-hmm. a way of um, both disguising one's pain um, and, and also maybe kind of making sense of it. Um, mm-hmm. that I, I think that um, that humor is um, is a way that is, is sort of how we um, articulate uh, absurdity. And um, I think many of these characters and certainly Maria and Artie find themselves in a lot of um, absurd situations.
1: (laughs) They absolutely do. Um, The one last thing I wanted to, well, no, I have two things, sorry. Um, So I wanted to talk a little bit about Eddie, uh, Maria's boyfriend, because I really enjoyed him as a character too. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about him and whether he um, draws on any real figures you encountered or perhaps like a compositive figure, because there were people like him in Hollywood um, who couldn't find work because of their ethnicities or their background. So could you talk a little bit about where he came from too?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so Eddie Liu is Maria's uh, significant other, and he is um, this brilliant Chinese American actor um who, because of the um, racist typecasting um in this period, and that extends to the present day in, in, in many ways, um, he is essentially only able to secure very um you know demeaning um uh roles. And he um finds himself at the outbreak of World War II, um, in this position where um all of a the sudden there is uh, Hollywood needs um uh has has a a um uh, many roles that need to be filled um for Japanese villains. and Eddie finds himself in the position of um of being cast as a, a Japanese villain. and he um he sort of deplores these these roles that he's being um that he's being given, but at at the same time he is um also determined to um extract uh something from this industry that has for so long marginalized him and and this sort of tension between um between one's career and one's conscience is is something that eddie kind of um uh struggles with over the course of of the novel. Mm-hmm. Um and um you know he 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 his um He's his family has been in, in has lived in Los Angeles for three generations. Um, but because of um, you know, because of the of, of the prejudices and biases of the time, he's is every bit as much of an outsider at Mercury as um, if not more so than the um the European exiles whom he he works with. And he is sort of a, a composite of, of a number of um of actors who um of um who 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 you know essentially experienced um, a similar moral um uh sort of devil's bargain during this this period mm-hmm. uh, there's a reference in in the book to to Philip Ahn who was a um, Korean American actor um, who uh, also sort of um was was cast in a number of these Japanese villain roles there were um, actors like Chester Gahn, um who uh, sort of experienced um similar um uh s- similarly um difficult choices in terms of of whether to um, to take these roles and you know um, finally get a paycheck that you know that that they had long deserved or um, to uh, you know relinquish this sort of brief opportunity to um to leverage uh you know what little power they had in an industry that had, um, long exploited them and um yeah so e- e- Eddie um Eddie and Maria that that was um you know for me th- that that might be the heart of the the book um I think that the ways sort of throughout the novel both Eddie and Maria um make choices that they know um at some level they will later regret and they they sort of recognize this quality in one another. And I think, um, I think what I find so beautiful um and moving about their relationship is is the fact that it's it's um in some ways based on an acceptance of each other's fallibility. Mm-hmm. Um and and I think that that there's just something um that I find really touching and, and really human about um um the capacity to uh to see somebody you love as this um this fallible person Mm.
1: yeah that is really lovely and they do have a very touching relationship I think and you know them taken together with Artie and a whole bunch of characters that we didn't even get to talk about I think really show um you know all the different ways that you could be marginalized, ah, uh, in your everyday life or in your professional career or in the country in which you live, and all of the different ways in which people respond to that and try to work within it or around it. You know, there's and everybody makes different kinds of choices, and sometimes those choices work together, and sometimes they don't so well. You know, those are really complicated. Um, like a real a real acknowledgement just of how messy human relationships and uh, are. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I I I mean that that was certainly what I um what what I, I hope that, that that the book was was doing. Yeah, I, I think that um that it's 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 I I I think that you know it's it's so often um easy to to sort of see um the world or and particularly to see the past as a series of of rights and wrongs and um one of the things that i was hoping to do in in the novel is is to demonstrate how for um you know for for people who h- historically didn't have very much power in in um in in the country at large and in this industry in particular um it is a bit more messy than um than um than just uh you know uh right and wrong yes and no that um that to actually um make those choices um involves a great deal of um of uh just murkiness and and these characters are sort of living in um in this gray area where um where they're not quite cer- certain um if they are doing the right thing or not and um They might have the inkling that they're doing the wrong thing, but there's all of these other, you know, um, reasons that they can justify things to themselves. I I think that um, in some ways, the book is is interested in in just the way we rationalize um, our choices and how, you know, a series of very small decisions, each of which um, might seem like an okay decision at the time can kind of lead you to um, a disastrous place. Mm.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think that, you know, something I've absolutely fallen prey to this myself, but like, I think that oftentimes when we look back at history, we are looking back with like 2020 vision and all this retroactive knowledge. And it's very tempting for us to be like, well, if I were in that situation, I would have done X, Y, Z, you know, with perfect rationality and no, (laughs) no biases and no anything. And I think that like books like this and things that really kind of consider, um, people as whole beings embracing their, 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 uh, lighter elements and their darker elements as it were you know makes for more interesting storytelling but also like a more um interesting and nuanced portrait of humanity you know because whenever we encounter any other person or any other situation we're bringing our whole selves you know we're not always just bringing our best selves and um yeah, I want to thank you so much for coming to talk to us. This has been absolutely wonderful, and I'm wondering if um you could talk at all about um what you're working on now. Is there anything that's in the works that you're able to
0: speak to? Or um I I I so they always tell you that you should start a new book before your um before your your last one comes out, uh, and I. I'm beginning to see why they say that. <laughs> um, I, I, I've got a couple of, uh, of of possible ideas in in uh, uh, you know in, in the back of my mind, but but nothing really um, to speak of yet.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I hope that you know when you do, you'll consider coming back to talk to us because I've really enjoyed this and I I love this book. And you're welcome back to the show anytime.
0: <laughs> oh, I would absolutely love that. Thank you so much for for chatting me with me. This oh. is such a such a treat.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you. Um, Okay, listeners, uh, Mercury Picture Presents is available at a bookstore or library near you, and I highly suggest you pick it up. It is an absolutely beautiful book that just gave me so much to think about that it still is living in my mind in a very real way. Um, This has been Jen, and it is now time to close this chapter.